Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Charlie, have you ever had one of those moments where someone has said something to you or you have read something that just made you go, what? And then stare off into space for like five minutes, just contemplating it. I've had several of those moments. Dude, I, I had one of those moments this morning. And I'll argue I have one of those moments probably twice a week. Can I tell you when? Absolutely. Mondays, Thursdays mornings, regularly at 6.21am, you send out the business and investing emails and I just sit there and I'm like, no way, these are amazing. And I just stare off into space whilst I'm contemplating all of the thoughts you have thrown down because they're actually connected to a fantastic podcast. Now, if you are listening to this and you sit there and say, Grant, I want those moments. I need the epiphanies. I got one for you. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email and you can, you can come and join me on Mondays and Thursdays when you receive those emails as well. That might be the best intro you've ever done. Yeah. That was a great hook. I, I prepped it. Prepped it nice and well. Uh, Charlie, let's cue your disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing. And I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. Now, Grant, we might have to do a double disclaimer on this one. We might. Why is it? So we've got another listener question. And just a quick reminder, you can send in your questions or topic suggestions. And if they do make the cut, Grant and I will put them on the show. Now, the question we've got that we're covering today is what's your best line of advice for anyone starting out in business and investing? Now, technically, we're not allowed to give advice on business or investing. So we will say to everyone out there that is listening, just a reminder that this is two guys on a podcast sharing their own experiences and stories. You should absolutely reach out to professionals and work with them if appropriate for you. And it's probably appropriate. I I wouldn't directly take financial advice from us at all. Not not at all. Maybe we should change the title to like, what's your best line of, I don't know, words. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Hey, what are your Words. general recommendations that won't get you sued? <laughs> Hang on, wait, I got something you thoroughly enjoy. What is your holistic view? <laughs> oh, I hate that word. <laughs> All right. I'm actually excited for this one. Curious, how long did it take you to prep? 20 seconds for this one. Totally. I knew it straight away. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to riff down too much because I know that I'll try and cover everything and just jam it in the episode. And I'm like, no, nah, this is best. All right, well, we'll break it into two parts. Let's cover the business stuff first, and then we'll do the investing stuff first. So Grant, for anyone who's getting started in business, and when I say getting started, we might even tailor this a little bit to maybe someone who's a couple of years in that wants to get more as well, right? Hasn't achieved their goals yet. They're on that journey. What would be the piece of advice you have for them? Business is volatile. Don't play as if it's not. Let me piece this together for you, Charlie. (laughs) When you are winning in business, it is a never forever. (laughs) When you are winning in business, every day, count your blessings, accept it and go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Revel in that high. Feel the enjoyment just as I have. Just realize that tomorrow, it probably won't be the same in a negative way. 
just because business changes way too quickly and that is the constant. What is it? The only thing, what is it? The only thing in life that's guaranteed is like change, taxes, and death. It's like, yes, that is business. <laughs> that is how it operates. And so uh, in business, my number one piece of advice is like it will change. Just because today you can work a four-hour work week, Charlie, does not mean next week you'll be able to work a four-hour work week. People will leave. You'll need to go and help with the recruitment. You might lose some customers. You might need to get some more. And I think this was the biggest piece of advice that I learned, which is when it, you're winning, take the winnings and like do something else with it. <laughs> Just to, don't sit there and go, I've taken winnings. I'm going to build a new department. I'm going to I can get a new office. I'm going to go do all these things. Take the winnings as you take them. and then just put them elsewhere, which is why you and I talk about like the investing outside of the business kind of concept because it's like take your winnings from a volatile income stream, which is your business, and put it into something more less volatile, I should say. Not financial advice. I got no idea what you're investing in, but try and find something less volatile and invest there. And I'm like, that's the best piece of advice I ever received. Interesting. Uh, you know, one of my mentors used to um, – I used to have this like regular call with him and I'd rock on and one call I rocked up and i say, look, I don't actually have – anything to talk about today like things are good and he's like book an expensive dinner now and i'm like <laughs> live it I'm like what and i'm like but things are good like i don't need to go out for dinner like it was like it was a monday of all days i'm like it was that oh, we go out for dinner on a monday um he's like no 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 no. you need to celebrate the lack of drama it's yep. like there's very few points in business where you're not going to have some sort of drama or thing to go through and like they'll come every so often but like when they do, don't make yourself busy before celebrating the moment because there's always going to be this like next challenge that comes, the next problem. Every time you solve a problem, inevitably it'll cause the next problem. He's like, so these brief moments of calm, enjoy them. And I actually do that regularly. And just was- thoroughly put, put the stake in, put the feather in the hat and just accept it and sort of run with it. I think – I think too many people look at it as if it will just be that way forever. And it unfortunately leads to a lot of their demise because imagine that you've had like consistent wins, growing revenue, growing team, and just growing, growing, growing. And you're like, it's just going to be like this forever. And then well, you first, first off, stop there. That's never happened to anyone ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fair. That's fair. I, sh- I should paint a better picture. Imagine that you had a good win and then like four slaps in the face and then like another win and then like 10. Right. So th- let's break this one down in the beginning. So you're painting this picture. Let's pretend a company grows by 20% year on year for five years. Yep. Right. So when you've done that and you're done with it and you look back over the five years, you can look at it and go, oh, we grew by 20%. Right. When you lived those years, right, it was like, oh, we hired two people, then four quit, then this marketing worked, and then that one didn't. And then, I kid you not, I had this happen. Two of my staff members slept together and now they won't talk to each other. Right? It's, like, it's just like carnage within it. It's only when you zoom out in the later perspective do you have these like illusions oh, of like steady growth. And then look, it went, it went really well. <laughs> but I, that, is, that is the point, which is that volatility and – when I received the piece of advice, it was not that I can control the volatility. It's just what do I do with that piece of awareness? It's like if you knew you were going to walk through a storm, how would you better prepare? Like how would you prepare yourself for it? Exactly. I, and I think this is the like cognitive shift or the mindset shift. If you operate in business like there shouldn't be problems or that they're not going to come again, 
then every time you finish something, you set the expectation with, ah, finally I can relax. It's it's the same with all these people that it's like, I'll grind my life out in earning money and then when I retire someday, that's when I'll I'll have fun or enjoy it. And it's like that someday-itis and everything that comes into it. Where if you have the perspective in business that it's like, all right, it's hard now and it's going to get easier or it's hard now and it's going to get harder and then potentially easier, right? If you're continually in this zone of expecting there to be problems and expecting there to be volatility, dude, it takes all the stress out of it. Totally. Because, yeah. And that, to me, once I started asking myself that, to your point, I actually became more relaxed because I'm like, I wake up every day just expecting to have my plans ruined or something punch me in my face. And like, it happens every single week, like something just changes. But I go, well, how do I play that? So I'm not feeling the pressure of needing to always solve it or needing to always be on the front foot or not being able to absorb the impact of volatility. Completely. You get better at enjoying the carnage. Yeah, totally. But you've also got, and so for me, the way that I approached it was obviously investing outside of the business where now if I hit volatility, I just look at the business. I go, okay, well, like personally, that's not going to impact me. I make sure that the team around it doesn't get impacted. We put a plan together and continue through it. Like it's just like, okay, cool. I could. Can we, can we pull on that thread though? Can we totally. come back to that? Because I feel like you hit two points in one. And like totally. the uh, the first one is, is like, you know, business is volatile and it's like, expect it. If you set the expectancy that business is volatile and hit, hint, nudge, nudge, when it is good, maybe take a moment to enjoy it. But it's like, if you just know that this is waves and it's never ending and that's what it is, you'll probably enjoy it a lot more. Totally. But you added this second layer in which I almost like brushed over is like there's actually things you can do to reduce your volatility as well. So if you know business is volatile and all your wealth, all your money, everything is inside of it, diversification into other things that are less volatile. So again, I can't recommend assets or anything like that, but let's just say other things that are less volatile, um, then potentially you can even bring down some of your volatility by not having so much of your life absorbed in that. Totally. And it's funny. When I did that, a lot of the things that created a lot of volatility, whether it was a client that was paying a lot, whether it was a service that we're offering that didn't have a big profit margin but had a lot of demand, I got to choose uh, going, maybe I just don't offer this anymore. Maybe it is not worth the glass that I have to eat for this because I've got everything else sitting there, which actually then reduces the volatility of the business and increases the enjoyment which then inadvertently increases profitability, which then allows me to invest more outside of the business, which then allows me to go and remove the more volatile things. And it's just this fantastic flywheel. (laughs) Dude, I feel like that's almost one of the cruel ones, right? So you land a big client. Let's say it's a huge, biggest client ever, right? That's your joy moment where you won. But then the despair of like, well, if they leave, that's half our revenue. So then it becomes the stress and problem you got to solve. (laughs) And then you get like the second and third ones. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, and it's just that forever game. No, I dig it. I dig it. I like your first point here. Business is volatile. Expect it. What about you, buddy? Your piece of advice for business. All right. So my best line of advice, and transparently, this is something that I have put a lot of intention to, but the first time I did this, it was luck. All right. So I've got to frame this one up correctly. The first time I did this, pure luck, but then in hindsight of seeing it, became the way I do business. So when I got into business, one of the things that enabled me to be successful was that I got on a big trend. I caught a wave. So Facebook ads was a new thing 
at the time. It had just come out. To this point, there was only really Google ads. Like that was all, that was pretty much the ad work, ad network on the internet. When Facebook ads came out, I was one of the early adopters. And because of that, I was positioned to ride that wave. So I never had any troubles in marketing or sales because there was so much demand for Facebook ads and I was one of the only suppliers. Do you know how easy it is to grow a business when there's very few suppliers and a high demand? But you are the one in one and everybody needs that thing. Dude, it is like a recipe for just printing money. I will say there was a very humbling moment when I worked this out though because I just thought I was good at business. (laughs) It's like... Let's, let's open a business card printing company. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we'll come to that later, right? But you could see that I've gone, well, this business thing isn't that hard. Totally. It's like, but if I had started a business in a different industry, like let's say writing Yellow Pages ads, where that was in a decline, there's now less work to an industry that's already got infrastructure and people in place. So first, like I caught that wave, had a huge amount of success, confused it for um, skill, when I got into the like next service I did, which was the VA company, so the BPO in the Philippines, where I was selling staff, where there was a lot of players already in the whole recruitment and staff space, I had a very humbling experience realizing that, oh, hang on, <sighs> caught a wave. <laughs> Where's the wave? Where's the wave? Yeah. So for anyone that's starting out in business today, or I know our audience is business owners themselves, so they're not starting out, but if you're in a business that's been a bit stagnant or you're in a, a business that's been in a decline of an industry, you have to change to catch a wave. Like catching the waves is the way to grow quickly. So, and the idea being that, I, I love this analogy, is like I want you to imagine there's a, a strip set of shops, right, and there's already like three takeaway food shops there. If you're going to go in and like open a fourth, you're just going to be competing with the other three. Like it's going to be really, really different. Uh, difficult, sorry. But if you're like, well, there's three takeaway shops there, I'm going to be the only dine-in restaurant. Yeah. Well, like now you're not competing with them in the same way. And for people that, you know, if that's the trend people are getting into, is like they're not your competition anymore. Like you are the only option on that stri- uh, set of strip shops. So I think it's really powerful for people to re-engineer their business to be known as what is a blue ocean strategy. Where Great book, look, by the way. Fantastic book, which is where I figured out the idea of like, hang on, I was in a blue ocean for when I started the first business, but then potentially just got into red ocean territory. But I think it's incredibly powerful. And it's easy to spot some of the big waves that are coming through now as well. Like it's not a secret, right? Where, you know, people are moving to the regions. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. You know, AI, and- digital services, like there's all these things happening in vastly growing industries where it doesn't make sense to me to like, oh, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a coal mining company today. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Power plants seem like a great thing to open, Charlie. Maybe we should buy power plants. Well, can, I, can I go further than this? Totally. Later on in the journey, when I was actually starting the media company, what got me to start Valamedia and do podcasting specifically was uh, – Spotify spending a billion dollars on acquisitions. I'm like, Spotify is spending a billion dollars acquiring podcast talent and podcast-related products and services, which Joe Rogan was on that list. Yep. And then also Anchor was on that list. And there were some other things that invested in as well. I'm like, right, so there's a company that's spending a billion dollars trying to make podcasting bigger. I can see Apple and Google and all that are in, in spending a ton of money in this space this is a place to go. 
There's a ton of investment in making this industry bigger. This is going to be a wave. I love this one because it removes so much resistance that people face typically in business, which is there is a commodity of services. How do I just deliver one of those commodities and just outmarket, outsell, which usually means that you end up dropping your prices, which means you drop your profit margin, which means you're not a one-in-one, you're one-in-many. Um, and that's usually how most people start their business. How many? I know so many people have gone and opened a, like a fitness e-commerce store or like all these things. And I'm just like, there's just you need that unique side of it. Where is that trend that you're trying to jump on? I'm like, I'm for it. Just find the one-in-one, where is like no one else fishing. Completely. I'll get off the soapbox on this one. We'll jump into another one. Grant, what's your piece of advice for someone investing? Noting this is not personal financial advice. <sighs> investing. So one of the things that kind of, yeah, it kind of relates to a point that I've brought up in a previous episode where I had taken advice from others who were not doing the thing that I wanted to do. And so the biggest piece of advice when it comes to investing that I have for people is really surround yourself with other people who are one step ahead of you or doing the thing that you're trying to do in investments, right? I can't articulate this better than a story that you and I had, Charlie. We caught up, for, we catch up for dinners quite regularly and we've done it for a long period of time. And I remember there was one dinner and you had this idea about investing outside of the business. And it just created this massive snowball effect. It was literally a question was this Mordialic? I believe it was Mordialic. I just remember. I've, it's funny. Every time I, I think about the memory, I feel like I just look in a mirror of seeing my own facial expression just like droop because I was in a business that had like a decent valuation and like it was highly volatile to my previous point, et cetera. And it's the only memory I have was of a fictitious mirror of me looking back at myself. So every time I remember you, me talking to you, it was just me looking at myself and just feeling like really like, Oh, shit. And it was this one fucking question that then just riddled off what has become like the last couple of years of my life around what if I invested outside of the business? What is the best investment asset for me? What? How do I then play that game? And it was this one conversation with you that then triggered off this steamrolling. And I hope that I've asked you similar questions in the past, just not to put you up on a complete I have to tell you the other side of this <coughs> when you're done. <laughs> and so I've always looked at that going, well, that is not a one-off chance. Like you can't live your life where you're waiting for a conversation with myself or a conversation with you, Charlie, just to go, ah, aha, <laughs> now I'm ready. Now I was, thank gosh I had that conversation with someone. It is how do you stack the deck? So, so many people are giving you so many different ideas and concepts and thoughts of what they're trying to do or how they've reflected on something that makes you second question your existence forever. It's like just surrounding yourself with people who continually to improve and they're just like, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm pondering. And then you're just like, oh shit, <laughs> like how do I get there? And so for my advice, that really comes back to like who you surround yourself with and the level of conversations and questions that you interact in and talk to. It's pointless surrounding yourself with billionaires and not talking or interacting with them or asking challenging questions or them doing the same back to you. It has to be that mutual sort of two-way. All right, now I feel like my internet might have just jumped then on video. So if anyone saw anything weird there, it probably was. Still um, face. I have to share the other side of this though. So, so notoriously, we and we have spoken about this on other episodes, is the further you go in business, it becomes harder and harder to find people that would like call you out on your shit. Totally. 
your hair will go, oh, that's a terrible idea. You shouldn't do that. And I've been very fortunate that you have been that role in my life. So going back to, and I know it was Morty Main Street Cafe, which excellent cafe. It's correct, and it? do you remember I had like floor plans and things I was showing you? On oh, my phone? I remember on the phone. Yep. Yeah. So you go, well, why did you have floor plans and things like that? I kid you not. I had convinced myself that investing outside of business was so critical for me at this point. I was worried I was biased. I was I was so convinced it was the right thing to do. And I was like, well, Grant's going to be the only one that's going to call me out of my shit. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go book this meeting, which is why we actually had met at the cafe that day. But I was so concerned that you were going to shut it down that I completely prepared that it was like a sales meeting, like it was a pitch. <laughs> So, like, I had floor plans, I had numbers, I had spreadsheets because I wanted to convince you that this was a good idea. And if you shut it down, I wasn't going to do it. Dude, that's fucking funny shit. So, I was actually, like, on, I remember, and you know when you have, like, an emotional charge towards something, the, the memory is there? Yep. I'm literally driving in the car thinking that it's like, what if he says no? What am I going to do? Like, what, what if he's like going to just highlight where my thinking is for? It was like a very confronting day in that. And it's interesting that that meeting and day and really time at a cafe together was so impactful on us both. And it, I would argue that it led us to the situation that we're at right now. This podcast today and what we do in business and in investing would not exist if that one encounter didn't happen. Yeah. And that... I just look at it and every time you and I catch up with people over our flow, I think they're like famous steak dinners now. <laughs> it's like those those questions I try and ask of other people and they ask of you and I and I just go, this is how you challenge yourself. Like, and I'm just like, it is so powerful and impactful where I think that is the biggest unlocker when it comes to investment. I couldn't care about the asset. I couldn't care about anything. I was just like, if you got people just challenging your thinking or, or sharing to you how they are thinking about things... This is license to print money. It's crazy. I want to lean into this one a little bit more. What, one of the things I noticed is that uh, many people in my world, and I love them dearly, are debt adverse. So they don't like debt at all. They refuse to have debt. And uh, being someone who's into property, let's just say I don't necessarily feel that way. A little bit different. A little bit different. But do you know early on in the journey when I was spending time with people that were adverse to debt and I had a little bit of debt, it used to make me really anxious and uncomfortable. It used to stress me out. and then. It was only when I started hanging around with people in property and they're like, so again, a little bit further in the journey. And it's like, you need to push up those rookie numbers yeah, there. You got rookie debt. <laughs> yeah, zero to that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Playing soft Just, numbers on me. Yeah, I took out that much debt this morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> Eat that debt for breakfast. No, the normalization. Funny. The normalization <clears throat> is the other side of it. It's the idea that if you, by association, normalize the results you want, it makes it much more comfortable. I sleep fine with my debt levels now. Totally. Like a baby. But back in those early days where everyone around me was like petrified of debt, it's like I took on their fear. It, because you you see them and they can articulate why they're so fearful of it as well, but they can never articulate the positive sides of it. So they can only ever represent one side of an argument or one side of concept because they've never looked at the other side and gone, why? Can I throw one shot? All right, do one. It. How are you doing with that inflation now? <laughs> You're out there and you are the person, maybe one of the people that was like a bit dead adverse. Do you reckon they listen to this podcast? Do you reckon no, there's no chance. Like, I'm on another planet now. <laughs> I'm like, this is no, no, no way to. I'm curious. What about yours? What would be your best line of advice for investment? The game changer. The thing that moved the needle for me in investing 
You ready for it? Go. Treat it like a business because it is. Oh. That's like me pushing buttons on that. Well, to be honest with you, I'd love to push some of the sound effects, but I did something to this and I can't make them play through the sound anymore because <laughs> of some mix minus thing that I've uh, encountered. So we'll need we'll need to come back to sound effects. Iggy, if you're listening to this, uh, we'll talk later about it. Insert the sound effects. But yeah, but like, that's making this pop. more real, what it like mentally, the idea was that I was working in business and then I was taking the money and just like throwing it into some invisible box. So the idea is I was treating all investing like superannuation where it's like didn't understand what's in it, didn't have a team, didn't have any of the business things, didn't really look at the reports, was just like make money in business, pull across into here. Yep. And then uh, very fortunately and Goose, our buyer's agent, was the one who alluded me to this. Is that you know, The second you stop thinking of property investing as like an investment and you start thinking of it like an accommodation business. Like savings account. Yep. Yeah. Changes everything. So it's like now it's like you're just the Hilton or the Hyatt. You've got an accommodation business. So, you know, these properties are assets. They've got P&Ls. You've got teams that run them. You can do meetings. And I was like, I know how to play this game. Because it's no different. It's no different. Exactly. Yeah. So all this illusion that the idea that investing was something else, right, it wasn't the same as business prevented me from doing it because I'm like, no, I'm, I'm in business. I've got to develop these skills. Like I've got to be able to do all this stuff. I'll learn the investing stuff later where when the light bulb switched on is like, you're telling me all the skills and things I know how to do in business apply here. We're just starting an accommodation business. It's like, yes. I was like, game on. Game Instantly on. just took all the same processes and ideas and thinking, brought it into this world and it's like it exploded for me. It's funny because as business owners, that just becomes so natural to us, especially like for me in business, the amount of education, the amount of time investment that I've put into it. The second I started looking at like in my example, like property portfolio, which is what I've got, not financial advice, as the business, I mean, I get excited for my P&Ls to come out every month. I look at my balance sheets every month and I'm like, oh man, like where is everything at? I start prepping everything for the next like swing of the bat like oh what's the next change i'm going to do in the business to level it up and then i start like stacking the deck for like a couple of months and i'm like all right let's go <laughs> and it's just so different so vastly different than just like oh it's a savings account let's go and put that there and go put that there so i love this one i want to go a little bit deeper though because to take it even further than that it's like when you start thinking about well how much do you value an a player in your active business, the media company. Like, can you see that if you've got an A player, it's better than two B players? Like, of course. And I'm like, well, what are you doing with your mortgage worker? You got a B player, an A player. You treating this like a commodity or are you recognizing the same thing? What about your property managers? So that like the team angle becomes a really part of it. And then you mentioned a little bit or alluded to before, it's like, well, if a P&L, a balance sheet, a cash flow report work in business, do they work in property in this example. Noting these principles apply to whether you're doing shares or other investments or eternities or crypto, all the same stuff will exist. But it's like when you bring that level of thinking and start operating in that way, when you're conditioned as a business owner from all the years you've spent in business, mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. It's why it's so different and unique for business owners as well. Because imagine people who aren't business owners trying to focus on investments and get really good at this concept. 
they'll look at it from a completely different lens and a completely different concept where they won't grasp the idea of like a P&L and a balance sheet, et cetera. And it's like this, this unique advantage of why that business owners is so much better at pri- primarily so much better at like investing and looking at it from that lens as opposed to someone else coming in just going, ah, oh, I can play the exact same game. It's like, well, there's so much more that I know on top of this, which is why I make these decisions where if you look at the same situation, you'd make a very different decision than I would. This is the crime in the investing industry is the whole system has been set up to support people that don't have business skills because we're the minority. Like it wouldn't make any sense to set up the investing industry to support business owners as the primary because there's so few of us in comparison. So it's all being geared up to that approach for employees. Here's the problem though. No one told the business owners. So then the business owners then try to play the game like the people who are employed Not that there's anything wrong with being employed, but it's like you have the superpowers to win at this sport and then you don't use them because you're trying to do what people that don't live a lifestyle or have the same skills as you do in that world, which is exactly what I was doing, right? That's hugely what I was doing. But if you unpeel that a little bit more, it's because that's where the education sits. Like if you you went and tried to pull in any education around – property, shares, super, crypto, whatever, most of the education you're getting provided with are like the employees of the world. They're not They're not trying to target business owners. Like there's so few assets out there to actually absorb information from that is tailored to the situations that business owners face every single day, but also the knowledge that we already have embedded in our minds and how we can interpret the investing vehicle completely differently. And it it's really, I just want to harp on this point just for one more second because I think it is just a, a critical piece of people just understanding that from an investment standpoint, being a business owner and understanding that you need to treat your investments like a business, that is the unique advantage. That is your unique selling proposition. That is your one-up. That is your advantage. Like don't gloss over or gloss over this five-minute sort of point in conversation. Like That is it. <laughs> that is why you will do so well at it completely i'm out of breath that was oh man that was you should have started with that that was i got you up and about i like it oh my god i'm trying not not to riff on this because i just don't want to slap it around too much but it's yeah i love it do you know what else though grant but you know if someone's really interested to hear more about this they should tune into our other podcast Because we have another podcast called Property and Investing, which is very focused on the property stuff that we get up to. And if you are a business owner listening to this show and you are interested in property, you'll very likely get a lot of value out of that one as well. So we'll make sure to include some links, but please come across and check out that other content if you are a business owner interested in property and investing. Awesome. And the domain is super simple. It's propertyandinvesting.com. So you can go and check it out there. I'm going to wrap it up. I think Let's you crushed it. this one. I think if I if there was a podcast episode award right now, I would be moving the award to the top of your screen or the little crown, the little episode award crown goes on your screen. Just want to say thank you very much for everybody who joined us on this episode. And don't forget, you can head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter to put in your details and get notified every single time we drop one of these episodes. I just want to say thank you and we'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing. <laughs>